You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Go. <laughs> What was that, AJ? I said go. <laughs> this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Yes, who? Yes, who? Nathan McKinnon. He just keeps on roaring. Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. It's Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. And now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, the only subscription that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today and use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined, as always, by the one and only AJ Hayfley. AJ, what do you think about winter? Uh, this winter is miserable compared to last winter. It's been so cold, dude. It's been freezing. Yeah, and it's... I like I was telling I was telling a friend that I just went to dinner with a few minutes ago Um, that I think it was Monday morning. I woke up and I looked at my phone and it said it was 11 degrees outside and I just curled back up into my comforter and went back to sleep. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, there is no way. And it's you like if if you leave the house in the morning, it's dark. When you're on your way home that afternoon, it's dark. It's just it, the darkness is just depressing. Like I want some I sunlight. The, the darkness right? never bothered me. I used to work graveyard shifts, and this was my favorite part of the year because I could actually sleep during the day. <laughs> so all right, uh, the well, darkness has fair. never been a thing for me. It's always been whatever. See, it just always bums me out. Like cause I get up when I head to to the office, it's dark. When I go out on lunch, the sun, I guess, is out. But then by the time I leave, it's dark. I just feel like I don't I don't get any time during the day, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, this year it's just cold. It is cold. So. And it's not even it's not even like, oh, it's cold, but, you know, you're getting the snow and it's pretty. It's just cold. <laughs> well, and, and <laughs> like we are getting snow, but it's only on avalanche game nights. 
<laughs> but I have right, to drive like, home in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It has not been convenient weather for uh, for people of, of hockey media in Denver. Yeah. Well, uh, and like during the day, like it's a high of like 30 degrees. And I'm like, come on, man. Like yeah. Denver, like last year it was like, you remember like last December it was the, we had days in like the 60s? Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. And yeah. We'll see. And, and what's what's so bad about it now is it's 30 degrees out, but the sun's out. So you look out the window and you're like, oh, it looks nice out. Mm-hmm. Step out there and your icicles start forming like, in your nose. Better, you better be standing in the sun because like that feels nice. It's like a warm embrace. It just gives you like a big sun hug. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you go into the shade, you're like, uh-uh, I'm out, girl. Bye. Uh-uh, bye. Game Game over in the shade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AJ, last week you and I talked. The William Nylander contract deadline was coming up for him to be able to participate in the NHL season. That deadline was December 1st. Today's December 5th. He got it done with literally five minutes to spare. He signed a deal. I'm actually going to pull it up because I know everything's a little wonky with it being prorated but i believe it's an aav of 6.75 over six years does that sound correct no it's i think it's six nine six nine because i know yeah. his cap hit is well over nine million this year but again that's just because yeah no the okay. uh the aav is six nine six two three six six it sounds like a phone number yeah <laughs> well there you go so you know this is a guy who I think maybe he's he's been overvalued just a touch given what his career career has been. Great, I mean, really good player, very solid. Like, uh, a good but, like a good player. You know, couple my, first two first two full seasons of his career, he goes back to back sixty point seasons. He scores twenty goals in each of them. Like, there's no there's no there's no sitting here and saying he's not any good. He's a good right. player. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Mike Liute, who is Miko Rantanen's agent, went on 31 Thoughts a couple weeks ago and said that a lot of his clients, Miko Rantanen, Patrick Lyon, were kind of waiting to see where this number fell. With this number coming in, in under $7 million, does that set the market for Miko Rantanen at all? Does that have any effect on, on what the ABS are going to have to pay Miko Rantanen this summer? No, they were already going to have to pay more. Um I mean, I guess, I guess, had uh, had he gotten, you know, nine million, it would have been a way bigger problem. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. Um, he so, got he got a number that he wasn't going to get, or that that Rantanen wasn't going to get anyway. So it didn't matter. So so him coming in, the the Leafs getting him at that lower number, really just kind of solidified the fact that yeah, this this really isn't going to matter. Uh, right. It had the potential to, and I think maybe that's why Ranton and his agent were watching it, but it ended up not being the case. Yeah. I mean, you have, I guess, I guess you could say that their first two years, Ranton and Nylanders are pretty similar um, because uh, Nylander put up uh, 120 points in his first two years. Well, he put up 122 points and uh, Ranton and put up, also 122 points, but Rantanen did a, had a 38 point season and an 84 point season. And now this year, you know, as of today, right now, Rantanen is only 15 points from tying Nylander's career high. Right. Right. So, um, they're not really comparable at all other than whatever. If, if you were under some sort of voodoo spell, that there, there was going to be a Nathan McKinnon ceiling and the team was going to try and get Miko Ranton in for 6.3 million or 6.5 or, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, first of all, you were delusional because after an 84 right. point year, that wasn't going to happen. Um, right. but, but second of all, no, um, it's, they're not, they're not, they're just not comparable. I mean, Ranton and sur- surpassed him last year. Um, he had he had more goals and more assists than Nylander has ever had in his career, and he's on he's on pace to obviously destroy all of that again this year. 
So um, and Rantanen is clearly um, a better player. He's he's clearly going to be a more expensive player. Um, yeah, Did I mean, you- I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, he's 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 a very clear cut above uh, Nylander as a player. You know, uh, the <laughs> the poster not contract was one that maybe the Avs might have been able to use to keep the price down at because it was at 6.66. And that was with Poster not coming off a 70-point season. But even then, with Ranton and having the year he's having this year, there was no way. Do you find it kind of weird that that Nylander, there was even talk of him maybe getting in that $9 million neighborhood? Did you find that as odd as I did? Yeah, it was delusional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it was, in, it was an interesting thing to, to, to watch play out. Cause again, it, you know, and you even saw the way that people were talking about him. Oh, you know, my team should go out and trade for Nylander. Oh my gosh. If, if my team goes out and gets him, that puts them again at the end of the day, while a really good player, I'm not going to, to demean him at all in that. There's a 60 point guy, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're thinking right now, you know, Kerfoot's projecting to be a 60 point guy this year. Right. Uh, it's, you know, so I, I think a lot of that was maybe the Toronto hype train getting a little out of control. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess our, our 60 point players looked on that favor. What what was it that was giving the illusion this guy has been more than a 60 point guy in his career? Well, his his uh, his rates um, like his if you look at his rate of production, it's pretty high. Uh, if you look at a lot of the like the the fancy stats that we're using these days um, mm-hmm. outside of like points per 60. You know, if you look at things like zone entries, controlled entries, and you look at all the uh, the impacts that he has on driving shots the, the proper direction, it's all good stuff. He's a really good player. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I'm points pay. You know, you you can you can sit there and you can you can talk about how he's he's so good at controlled zone entries all you want but when the the difference in raw production is 20 points right um it's it's not you know there's there's a very clear gap between quality of player there right. um, the whole point of the game is to score goals to score more goals than the other the other team and when you have a player that's 20 points better than another player they're not really comparable mm-hmm you know, yeah, I no, mean, I, look at, look at uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess this year even, you know, I mean, Nathan, Nathan McKinnon has 43 points. You roll all the way down. Bull Horvat has 25 points. Would you say it's fair that there's a pretty clear line between those two players? Right. right. You know, well, I mean, Tyler Sagan has 26 points. I mean, he's he's got nearly a 20 point lead on Tyler Sagan. And I think it's fair to say that there's a pretty clear a pretty clear line between those players too. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler Sagan's a good, he's a good, really, really good player. Yeah. But Nathan McKinnon's a superstar, man. Well, and, and that's the thing that, you know, there, there really is, there's a, there's more classes of player than, than people think, you know, there's, <clears throat> there aren't very many superstars in this league. You know, that, right. I, I feel like people use that term for whoever the best player is on their team. But, you know, as, as I think Tyler Sagan's a great example, as good as Tyler Sagan is, he's got a great shot, great speed. You know, the Dallas Stars are very lucky to have him. He's not a superstar. He's a really, really good player, but there's yeah. just a different class there. And, and I think that's, and that's exactly right. At the end of the day, it, it comes that's down to production. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, you know, I've, I've and, and maybe I've gone a little overboard in the last few weeks, but you know all the Tom Wilson stuff. A lot of these Washington fans, oh, change the narrative, change this, change that. It's like, look, at the end of the day, the reality is the guy's career high is what thirty five points. Yeah, well, and, and it came last year, and it's going to be a lot higher this year. Like Tom Wilson's actually, I think, a really good hockey player. Um, I don't disagree with you, but but I, I guess I'm just using you know the example you said. You know, points are what pays, and at the end of the day. You can talk about, oh, he's this guy and he's that guy and, yeah, controlled zone entries and getting physical. What does he do? How is he 
what points is he putting up? How is he helping the team win? And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just the most important metric there is is always going to be goals, assists, points, and and yeah. Miko Rantanen's head and shoulders above uh, Nylander in that yeah. category. <clears throat> I mean, if you're if you're trying to get into what contract he should be trying to compare himself to right now, I think it's Eichel. Hmm. Yeah, really all the all the Nylander contract did was just <laughs> verify to anyone who thought maybe the abs were gonna try to keep, yeah, the internal Nathan McKinnon cap. <laughs> that I guess that's really the only thing that this that's not happening. Right. <laughs> that's not happening. Uh AJ, let's take our first break here. When we come back, Seattle is officially coming to the NHL, or should I say the NHL is officially going to Seattle? We are going to talk about what it means for the league and what it means for the Avs in terms of the expansion draft. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back. Hey, everybody. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only 39 bucks a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. The only subscription that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I'm sitting with AJ Hayfley. The William Nylander contract situation has finally been put to bed so we can hear everyone talk about something different. And one of the things they will be talking about the ownership group that has been trying to bring hockey to Seattle for the last number of years finally had their wish granted as yesterday, the NHL board of governors officially approved the 32nd NHL franchise will expand into Seattle. It was a unanimous vote at the board of governors meeting. AJ, just uh, quickly. How, how do you feel about this? Are you excited? Are you as excited as I am? Um, yes and no. Why? Uh, I'm excited because expansion is fun. It's good for the league. It's a growing league. It's good for the Evs because that means there's going to be another watered down team that can't keep up with their top line. <laughs> Even four years from now. Right. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's and, and that's, be that's, joined. An, that's another defensive core that a team is going to have to build to try and stop these maniacs that are already in place. So, right. Good luck, yo. It's uh, it, it's exciting, and, and by adding this team, the conferences will finally balance out. Uh, you have sixteen and sixteen in the East and the West. With that, the Seattle to be named are going to play in the Pacific while the Arizona Coyotes will shift to the Central. Finally, the Central Division will have caught up to the rest of the league with eight teams. What do you think of this move? Arizona, young team with some talent. Is this just going to be another team that, that, that might you might have to run through the gauntlet of the Central? Uh, maybe. You know, we keep hearing that, oh, Arizona's coming. They're getting better. This is the year. Arizona's on the way, and I saw uh, one of the Arizona writers last night tweet out, you know, through December 5th, they're in the top 20 of the NHL for the first time, and I'm like, woo! <laughs> yeah, they're really coming, all right. Hell uh, yeah! You know, uh, if they were not in the Pacific Division, or if the Pacific wasn't so bad... 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, not a good division, and they. I just don't think that they would be really close to relevant. I agree. I. I mean, I just. I just don't think they're very good. I think they're okay. Like, I think they're better than last year, but I think they're just okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and and it's going to be interesting because you know it's still a. Uh still a few years out and a lot can change with the teams with, with the makeups of them and all that stuff. A ton, a ton can change. And this is where I'm not excited about it Mm -hmm. is that we don't know anything about the league three years from now. Right. You know, uh, to go back three years. Could you, could you have told, could you have accurately predicted that this would be the the landscape of the NHL today? (laughs) No, <laughs> you know, like John Tavares leaves the Islanders and they're still a playoff team. Yeah, seriously. Like, well, you know, Buffalo Sabres. <clears throat> right. And uh, go back three years. You want to tell me Ottawa is where they are? Oh, or the Avs. <laughs> or, exactly. The Avs and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's you just don't know what the league is going to look like in three years. You just don't. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's it's too early to tell. It's too early to make any kind of conclusions. It's too early to to draw any kind of, kind of conclusions about anything mm-hmm. other than Colorado's top line is dope. It should still be dope in those uh, you know 3 years, 4 years from now. And right. uh they're probably not going to have a very good defense to try and defend them. <laughs> and I'm happy Arizona's coming to the Central. It made the most geographic sense. It was the smartest thing for the league to do. Uh, I know that people in Arizona are upset about it, um, but you know, maybe, maybe if they didn't uh, change time zones every six months, right? You know, well, it and, wouldn't be and, as big a deal. And they do spend the majority of their year, the, the the majority of the hockey season in Mountain Time. So the Abs will actually there there will finally right. be another team in their division on their same time zone. So that is kind of nice. Yeah. Well, and it's it's not it's not like Denver's super far away from Phoenix, like right. No, it's not Vegas. No, it's not L.A. But I mean, come on, it's not it's not that it's not that far away, you know. Well, and an hour and a half flight. Hour what, what was what what was the Pacific doing for Arizona? You know what what huge benefit have they been getting the last several years? Like I just don't I don't understand why the people of Arizona are as upset as they are about it. I just I don't think it's a a very big deal. Um, like you said, they spend the majority of the hockey season in the mountain time zone. Um, if they were to play playoff hockey, I could see where there's some complications, but that's putting the car before the horse. You right. got they have, they have to make the playoffs for that to matter. <laughs> and as of today, like in the world that we live in right now, this reality, uh, you know, they have to, they have to prove that they can do that. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know, for you know, three years from now, even if they did it this year, it's not like three years from now that that may be relevant. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm 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 just for me, I'm just it, it's whatever. Like I'm I'm excited. Seattle's getting a team. I think it's great for the league. I'm excited to go through the process again. I think it'll be fun. It'll certainly be interesting to see how they stack up next to Vegas, since they will have impossible expectations to meet. Well, so let's uh, let's pause right there, really fast. Is it possible to do what Vegas did again? And I, I don't want to say possible because. Sure. It's possible. Is it how much it's, of an anomaly was that? And how much pressure does that put on Vegas's ownership group and eventual management group to get it right year one and at least be competitive? Um, I, I, It puts pressure on them, but what they need to do is they need to hire somebody that's going to come in and say, Hey, we're going to make a plan we're going to do our thing and we're going to take the long view of it. And we're not going to worry about what Vegas did. What Vegas did was great. We're happy for them, uh, but we're not Vegas. So, mm-hmm. you know, as, as soon as they, as soon as they start hiring people and they start getting a front office in place, um, they should immediately begin diffusing and, and uh, lessening expectations. That should be <laughs> step one is that they should start talking to their fans and they should start saying, hey, you know, if it happens, great. That's our goal. That's every team's goal. Every team every year wants to go to the Stanley Cup. But we're going to build this thing. 
like we think it's going to be good, you know, down the road. The same mm-hmm. way that Vegas did. Vegas just got insanely outrageously lucky when I think it was 11 guys on their team had career years. So, yeah. you know, it's it's dumb to expect that to continue. And hey, look, what's what's happened in year 2? I think I think what's happening to Vegas right now in year 2, we're like they're a solid team, but they're not this bizarre ass buzzsaw cutting through the league. <laughs> um I think I think it's going to help the the whole expectation thing in Seattle. Uh because if if Vegas say Vegas misses the playoffs the next 2 years. Mm-hmm. That that should immediately help diffuse uh whatever whatever kind of bomb Seattle uh might be facing in terms of expectations. Right. Because it, it the more you know, they missed the playoffs for the next two years. All you know, we can all look back and say it was a huge anomaly, mm-hmm. which a lot of us have been saying anyway. Right. You know, a lot of us said last year while it was still happening, and for some reason, it just didn't end until but it was kind of like, it was kind of like the thirteen fourteen abs where you were watching it, and if you were a fan, you were <laughs> enjoying it, but in the back of your mind, you were like, "When is this all going to come crashing down?" Sure. Like and... it was. It was like, come on now, like. <laughs> Boy, you know, I mean, Eric, uh, William Carlson, nine goals, you know, he's off to like a respectable start. He's definitely proven he's a real NHL player, you know, not just a fourth line guy like he was in um, in Columbus. Right. You know, but he's also not going to he probably will not come close to the the 40 goal explosion that he had last year. You know, Eric Howla, a fourth line guy in, in Minnesota who was like a nice like 14 15 goal guy like a 30 point player blows up for 29 goals last year not right. going to happen again this year you know right it's it's and go up and down their roster and the whole it's it's like that the whole roster is like that right you know Colin Miller had what 40 points he had 41 points last year literally half of his career total came last season you know, and Colin Miller's a good defenseman, like a solid young defenseman that, that they should be able to build around for a while. That's that shit's not going to happen again. So Seattle, you know, Seattle's going to roll the dice the same way that Vegas did. They're going to take some depth guys. They're going to take some chances on guys they like. They're going to put them in bigger roles than those guys have ever had in their careers. And they're going to see what happens. And, you know, Vegas got lucky that they found a couple of real players. Right. And Seattle will too. You know, Seattle will find a couple guys. Same thing. Seattle's not going to blow thirty expansion picks, right? You know, because Vegas for some reason is exempt. What are your thoughts, Uh, Kevin? Who you know, good buddy of mine, is actually originally from Seattle, and he was telling me that uh, the way that that downtown Seattle is built, it's it's much longer than than you know a downtown Denver because they built the whole thing across the water. The baseball stadium, the football stadium are on one end. Key Arena, which is where they're, they're renovating, and I don't know what the, the name is for it right now. Yeah, it's, they're it's renovating. like C- Seattle Center Arena or something. Some, yeah, something incredibly redundant. Yeah. Is on the far opposite end of that. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it. Would you have liked them to see? To, would you like to see them get a brand new arena, or or are you curious to see how this uh, kind of total remodel goes? Uh, I mean, it would have been it would it would be it it, it depends on how the the renovations go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because like if they renovate it and we all roll in there and we're like, "Are you serious? This is their brand new arena?" Right. Then we got a we got a problem. Yeah, like they're gonna have a problem from day one. Um, and I think I think that's a really look the the renovation project is going to cost what I think it, uh, they upped it to eight hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's essentially a new arena. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't imagine eight hundred million dollars of renovations not being significant enough for it to be okay. Yeah, and you know, not knowing the layout of the city, I, I'm not familiar with the city. I don't know where it is in relation to the airport. Um, I have no idea what it's going to be like to work. Right. Uh, a game there. And that, you know, that stuff is always going to matter. 
I know people don't like working games in Denver because they land out in the middle of nowhere. They land in Eastern Colorado right. and have to trek to the city center. Yeah. You know, and, and there are other places like I'm going to St. Louis next week and you land and you, you can literally take a train straight up to the arena. Right. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. uh, it's, um, it's, it's, I, I will see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a wait and see approach on that one yet. Uh, I would like to have seen a new arena, um, but not at the cost of the public. And I'm glad that Seattle held their ground there and they, they were not just going to do it just for some sports teams that they said, Hey, some things are more important. I mean, they lost an NBA team because of that. So it's cool to see them get a, get a new, uh, an NHL team. So the the arena was actually part of the reason that it got pushed back. They were they were on track to open the the new arena because the the ownership group did. They wanted to start in 2020. You know those were the signs they made. That was the whole campaign they started. You know they flew the flag on top of the the the, the space needle that said NHL 2020. That was the push. Mm-hmm. The issue was the renovations on that arena weren't supposed to be done until November or December of 2020, which is part of the reason it got pushed back an entire season, which if you're the abs and maybe a couple other teams, them not being able to meet that deadline is going to really, really hurt. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will we'll dive into just why that extra month or two of construction may have put the abs in a bind on this next expansion draft. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. And actually, in in the most unprofessional transition of all time. Yeah, guys, before we jump into our next segment, I have got to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they are delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge all the way to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off the $50 purchase on their website and app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your order of $50 or more for all of your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use the promo code BSN10 for $10 off your order. That is promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage app for $10 off your next liquor delivery today. We will be right back. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Third and final segment here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, the only subscription service that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. Download the Inwego app today. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley here talking Seattle expansion. Very exciting time for the NHL as it welcomes its 32nd franchise starting in the year 2021. For the last year, we were expecting Seattle to, to come into the league in the year 2020. So that's kind of how everyone had been thinking as far as expansion draft and contracts and, and things of that nature. Well, as we mentioned right at the end of the last segment, it ended up being the arena remodel 
construction project that got the entire season pushed back a year. And AJ, that that was probably worst case scenario for the abs. Uh, I mean, it's it's bad. Why is it so bad? Uh, I mean, because it it brings Connor Timmons into this. It brings Landis Gogg's contract extension, next contract into this. Um, you know, uh, the, the Barry situation has to work itself out. You know, it's, it just, it brings like Colorado's one of their, one of their big things going in their favor right now is that they have a lot of youth. Uh, they have a lot of, of young guys that they are counting on coming in, uh, to, to help them out. And, um, you know, they, they have, they can only do so much planning, you know, for, for three years from now. So it's, well, it's, it's going to it be just, interesting. Go ahead. No, what's up? Well, I'll say it's going to be interesting because, you know, when, when Seattle, when it was announced officially yesterday, you know, you, you immediately start seeing people trying to put together mock lists and, Oh, they should protect this guy instead of this guy. And, yeah. and that's all very premature. But what isn't yeah. premature is you are going to start seeing, you know, some of the shuffling. For example, with that happening, do the Avs maybe not bring Kale McCarr in this year? Do they wait till next summer to, to start getting him into pro hockey to, to save that eligibility? You know, Connor Timmons is... Well, as, as, I, as I wrote in my piece yesterday, uh, unless, unless Kale McCarr plays 40 games this year, we don't have to worry about it. Is it 40? I thought yeah. it was, I thought it's a, it's a pro year. The contract slide is not the important factor. It's accruing a full pro season and that's 40 NHL games, um, okay. which he will not get. So, all right. Well, uh, so you don't uh, have to worry about Kale McCarr, um, Connor Timmons. You do have to worry about. Right. And, and yeah, to your point with, with him getting healthy, which is what you want. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're not going to sit Connor Timmons out because you're worried about that. You're going to do what's best for him regardless right. of whatever contract situation like you're not gonna you're not gonna try and get cute with it uh and 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 say hey can we get like an injury exemption or something from from him you know because he missed with a concussion or whatever you're, now do they do they have to play in 40 pro games that's nhl or ahl correct it's it's nhl games when you're young like martin Cout because he's 19 uh this year uh, he he has to play forty games in the NHL. These expansion rules, man. I well, and <laughs> all the all the like all the contract minutia that goes into all of this. Uh, it's really frustrating because um, the 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 like count this year. Um, he can he he also gets the contract slide because he's nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, McCarr does not get the contract slide at all because he's a year older. He's 20. So his contract, mm-hmm. if he plays for the abs at all this year, his contract won't slide no matter what it will burn mm-hmm. the first year of it, but he won't have a pro season. So you don't have to worry about, uh, protecting him in the expansion draft. But you know, so, so it is one of those things also though, where you'll see just the way that, that people did with, uh, you know, with Vegas, the next couple summers, I doubt you'll see very many, uh, you know, no move clauses and, and, and maybe, you know, guys that they would, right. they were going to pursue in free agency. Well, maybe you don't. And you, you do while, while it's too far out to start projecting, who are you going to protect? Who are you not? Uh, you well, are going to start Colorado. Seeing- I want to say that I want to, I want to put that point out there right away. It, it is for Colorado because the Avalanche only have two players signed. Mm-hmm. You know, most teams don't have very many, very many guys signed. If you look at Chicago right now, Chicago has to protect Kane, Taves, Seabrook, and Keith. They have to because those guys are all under contract with no movement clauses. Now, obviously, there's the possibility they could get those guys to waive, so on and so forth. All those things will be dealt with then. But as of right now, those guys have to are, you know, they can plan around those guys. All four of those guys are under contract, so they have to plan around, okay, how do we how do we deal with that situation? 
you, you have to deal with it in one way or another. Right. You know, you look at uh, you look at the the Kings, another team. They're going to have a couple of guys. You know, they've got Kopitar, Brown, Carter, uh, Dowdy, and Quick, all under contract. Those are all guys they're going to have to uh, have to make decisions on that they're going to have to deal with in some fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, the Avs the Avs have two guys under contract, and it's it's McKinnon and it's Johnson. So, and and they only have uh, they only have I think four guys total on their roster five guys that have contracts for even the next three years. And that's, you know, Cole Calvert, Johnson, McKinnon and Grubauer. So they have no idea yet what that roster is going to end up looking like. You know, oh. you can make the assumption Rantanen will be there. Jost will be there. Comfort will be there. Kerfoot will be there uh, on the back end. You know, you expect Zadorov, Gerard. But after that, you know, you don't know what's going on with Barry. You don't know which of the other forwards are going to stick around, which ones, uh, you know, will will end up staying longer, longer term. You know, maybe Kamenev, you know, right now he's still too fringe of a player to know. You don't know about any of the guys in the minors. You don't know what uh, is going to happen with Nick Malosh. You don't know what's going to happen with uh, A.J. Greer, you know, any Ty Lewis, any of the forwards down there. You don't know what's up with those guys yet. So. And all of them, all of them would be, uh, they would be eligible for that, for the expansion draft, except Cout. He's the only one that's playing uh, for for the Avs or Eagles right now that will not have to go through that process. Assuming the Avs don't bring him up in the next month and play right. him for the rest of the season, which they sh- obviously are not going to do. Well, but, but so, so, you know, that's something right there that even if you love what Martin Kaut's doing, you do have to start strategizing. Yeah. And, and even if you want to, let's say in this, this, this isn't the case. I'm not saying it is the case, but just a hypothetical here, just for, you know, this is the kind of planning that teams are starting to do now. If you did say, look, you know, we think Martin Kaut can be great right here for the abs. We're going to plug him in and play him the rest of the way. You now have to wait to do that because it's not worth having to, you know, one more player to expose. Well, if, if let's be honest here, if, if the abs felt like if Martin Kaut was having such a good AHL season and the abs felt like this guy could be the difference between us losing in the first round of the playoffs or maybe making the Western conference finals, they would bring him up. Like if they, if you wouldn't worry about that because you would roll the, well, I mean, wouldn't you roll the dice? If you felt like that guy could help you that much, wouldn't you roll the dice and say, Hey, let's take our chances in the Western conference finals. Once we get there, maybe, you know, this guy could help us get there. Like you don't worry about that contract at that point, but he's not quite to that point yet. So you don't have to worry about it. And it does make it easy to just say, Hey, he'll play for the Eagles this year. And then we'll worry about his future, you know, his NHL future next season. How much do you think Seattle which, coming to the league? Go ahead. Which, which you know, to continue that point real quick, that's why mm-hmm. McCarr will be in the NHL this year. Because the idea of a third pairing on in the first round of the playoffs, say that they get third in the division and they're, they're in Winnipeg, you know, do you want Patrick Nevitt and Nikita Zadorov as your third pairing? Or do you want Nikita Zadorov and Kale McCarr as your third pairing? Right. You know, the difference there, I think, is significant enough that you say, screw it. We're, you know, we're going to burn the first year of the ELC and we're going to bring him in. And we're going to we're going to take our chances with what he can give us right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. So so what what you're saying is, hey, it's still far enough out. If you think you can go for it, go for it. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a position this year, say say trade deadline rolls around uh, the abs, the abs are still hanging around in the top three of the division. They're within, they're within arm's reach of Nashville for first. Uh, and they decide, Hey, we're going to move our first round pick for Mark stone, you know, just as an example, just, you know, as an obvious guy who will be available, who would obviously help them. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's a move that makes sense. Right. And you would say, okay, they're going for it this year. You don't you, you don't have a half measure there. You say, okay, well, we're going for it. Now they're, they're, you definitely bring Kale McCarr in. 
because you've already made one move to kind of to, to gun for it. Um, I, I would say I probably wouldn't advise them to do that. I don't know that that's a great idea. I'm not going down that road. I'm just saying if they're in that position where they're saying, ah, you know, we really like that Colin Wilson has given us a solid 30 point season this year. You know, he's, he's, a uh, he's worked hard for us, but boy, you know, Kerfoot, Jost and Mark Stone really does change our identity going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. And they go for that, you know, then you definitely you're you're not worrying about any of those contracts. You don't give a flying book about what Seattle is doing. You're trying to win you a cup now. Right. And because you never know, maybe the first line is never going to be this dominant to this level again, you know, and so you're trying to capitalize on that. You're not going to have a goaltending situation this solid one, you know, Barley and Grubauer. You're not going to have a defense this balanced, especially if you toss if you're healthy and you toss Makar onto that back end and have a third pairing of Zadorov and Makar. Like you may not have those opportunities again moving forward because the salary cap is going to force the Avs to make tough decisions. You know, they could they they may only get one shot with a defense with Johnson, Barry, Gerard, Zadorov, Cole, and Makar. They may only have one shot, and it might be this year. And so you're not worrying about Seattle. You're saying, hey, let's let's just see what happens. You know, and obviously a lot has to continue to go right for the ads, especially health-wise and production-wise and all those things. You know, the ads have been on the fortunate side of things more often than not already this year. So that has to continue for those conversations to take place. But right. if you really feel like it, like 2021 is far enough away You're just not worrying about it that much. You keep it in the back of your mind, but you're not obsessing over it. You're not fretting over it, you know, because even if I mean, it's it's still close enough that even if the abs are drafting in the top 10 with Ottawa's pick this year, say they get a top five and they get one of those top forwards and they say, hey, we're going to put them on the NHL roster next year. That guy would also be exempt from the expansion draft. So you don't have to worry about it so much. But at the same time, because Colorado half of literally half of Colorado's organization uh, has contracts expiring this year, it's it's too early to say what they should do, what they shouldn't do. But at least now they can start to plan for it. And it is far enough off that you can plan for it. You can also make moves in the short term, um, you know, two year deals and such where you won't have to worry about those things. But you do. You know, I would expect Colorado to maybe give out a third deal or third year to somebody this summer with that in mind, like they did with Cole last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I lost my train of thought there. Uh, no, no, no. You're good. I, I, I'll, I'll think of it again. I, well, I just can't, it was something that you had said. I'll, I'll circle back to it. Once I think of it, do you think having Seattle coming into the league in 2021 is going to, to encourage the NHL and the NHL PA to, avoid another work stoppage no um i don't think it'll have any effect on it i think they're gonna do what they're gonna do um we're talking about i i do think it will encourage both of them to opt out of the current cba and to get it handled in 2020 because i believe the current cba runs through 2022 with the opt-out option uh taking effect in 2020 and then uh that would force it to you know, I think it would be it would be way worse for the for the league to welcome in Seattle and then the very next year have a work stoppage. Right. Uh, so I do think that they the the opt out will get exercised and we will be having this the 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 labor dispute in 2020. Uh, I don't I don't know. You know, Adrian says that from what he's heard, he feels like there's a good chance they avoid a stoppage this time around. That'd be amazing. You know, well, I think we all want that, right? Right. We don't, we don't want to have to go through a lockout every seven years or whatever. It sucks, dude. So, um, you know, and that was just from a fan's perspective back in the day. You know, I, I can't even imagine trying to trying to pretend like, what am I? What would I be getting paid for? Right. You know, right. What, what, I would have no job while that goes on. Right. So I yeah, I and, and I, I think that the Seattle would only encourage them to have the labor to get their labor issue solved in 2020 versus trying to do it a year after they've expanded. So 
Um, but I, I don't know that it'll have an impact on how they actually approach the labor dispute itself. You yeah. know, like I no, guys, yes. guys are going to fight for the S they're going to, they're going to fight for changes in escrow. They're going to work on the Olympics. They're going to, you know, they're going to have all the, all the things that they, <clears throat> that they want to talk about and argue about uh, and, and try and get into the next CBA. But I think they want to get it done before Seattle uh, comes into the league. Cause I mean, at that point, that's one more owner and that's one more, that's one more player rep that they've got to get on board. So you definitely want to get it done uh, in 2020. When do you think Seattle starts putting together their management group, uh, you know, their scouts, all that stuff? Because, you know, we started seeing Vegas scouts, uh, you know, well ahead of the expansion draft, you know, showing up at games and stuff like that. With with it being still three years out for, for Seattle, how long do you think before they start uh, before they start putting that group together? To me, a lot of the guys that you want to hire are already working. Um, so I would I would realistically start. I would hire my GM in uh, probably May, June, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. If they're if the guy is available, um, if the team is if the team that the guy is working for is eliminated, uh, and he's available, then you know they should definitely. Um, get a get a jump on it if i'm if i'm seattle i think kelly mccrimmon is the guy that i target you know he went through it with vegas as the agm and he's obviously shown shown chops and he's an he's an up-and-coming guy uh in that in that world that's the guy that i would target number one Uh, i would not be looking at the retreads i would not be looking at like dave nonis for example um i would not be going that route i would want to i would want Kelly McCrimmon uh, to be my guy. He's like my number one guy for them. Um, and and I would hire him as soon as Vegas, the season is done, assuming that they allow him uh, to even have that conversation. Cause obviously they could, they could block him and say, no, he's under contract. Sorry. Right. Um, right. But you also don't organizations don't typically do that. Mm-hmm. They don't, <clears throat> they don't, they don't block promotion opportunities. That's why it was rare when Toronto did it with Dubas and in, in Colorado two years ago. Right. Um, but I think, um, I would, I would start realistically building it. I would make my plan. Now I would start talking to teams. I would start talking to people around around the league. Um, and I would start making my wish list of, of, uh, general manager, AGM scouts, head scouts, you know, I mean, you have to build an organization, man. Right. So I think uh, they should definitely get, uh, get to, to deciding on what direction they want to go and then uh, decide what kind of team they want and then build uh, an organization from the ground up to, to model exactly who they want to be in terms of their identity. Two more quick questions for you before we get out of here for the day. What I was going to ask you, it came back to me. If, if you're Joe Sackick and and you do get to that expansion draft, you know, you're, you're a couple months ahead of time, and it and it's it's looking like you are going to lose, you know. And assuming players keep progressing, because obviously this is also a lot of projections with the young guys, you know, the Jose, Confers, Kerfoots, Gerard, stuff like that. But but let's say you know things keep going well for those players, and you're getting close, and it looks like you're going to lose a you know a, a 40, 50 point guy. Do you cut a deal or do you say it's one guy, take the loss and, and just move on? Um, well, and that's, um, that's, again, this is, you know, that's a lot easier to answer when you have an idea of what the, the team looks like, because, you know, they have two first round picks. They have five picks in the top three rounds to use. They have all the guys they've drafted in the last couple of years to, to develop and, and see where those guys are. You know, we don't know what their internal replacements are looking like a couple of years down the road. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe if, if you're getting set to lose Kerfoot, but you have uh, say they draft two forwards in the first round this year, and you've got those two guys and they're both getting ready to, to, you know, they both had two years in the CHL and then the final year in the A, you know, they had one year in the AHL. They're both banging on the NHL door. Like right now. Um, and 
you know, right. you're saying, okay, well, we think we have an internal replacement for a Comfort or a Kerfoot, then you're not going to give up a first round pick or a second round pick to keep that guy. Right. You know, you're going to say, hey, I've got these cheaper guys on ELCs and I'm going to lose a guy that's making significantly more money that I believe I can replace internally. Um, who's also not like a, a core player, you know? Right, um, right, so right. I, I would say, you know, I, in that situation, no, I would not. Uh, the only, the only way I would do it is, um, if there was something very specific I was trying to protect, you know, mm. um, say the abs have five really good defensemen, you know, say, Say they keep Barry and Timmons ends up panning out, and you know you've got Makar and Barry and Timmons and and Zadorov and Gerard and Johnson, and you're like, all right, so my defense is incredible. You know, uh, right. I want to protect. I'm going to be able to. I'm going to protect these guys, and then I'm going to trade an asset to make them take a forward. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're losing Comfer instead of Zadorov. You know. Something like that, just as an example, you know, then, right. then, yeah, okay, cool. I would probably make a deal just because you're going to be able to replace uh, a comp for a lot easier than you are a legitimate NHL defenseman. Right. So um, I would do, I would do that. But I mean, it's, we saw, we saw what happens last time when you try and get cute, you know, half of, you know, the, I wouldn't <laughs> say half. I would say there, there were really only two teams that really made big, big, obvious mistakes. Um, Columbus and, and Florida were really the two teams that really screwed up the expansion draft. I'd say um, Minnesota as well. Minnesota sort of like Alex Tuck is a nice player, but he's, you know, he's, he's solid, but I don't think he's a big difference maker. You know, I don't think he's going to be a star down the road. I think he'll be a nice player for Vegas, uh, but I don't know that he'll ever be a core guy for them. You know, Eric Howla had the one great year last year but I don't know that he ever repeats that. And instead they kept, they kept their defense intact, which is really the kind of the engine of that team, you know? So I, I think Minnesota looked a lot worse last year than they do today. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I could see the argument for Minnesota. Sure. Um, I think the Islanders giving up a first round pick and uh, a salary dump, but the player that got taken was JF Perube, you know, a a nobody goaltender that they're not going to miss. And they were able to keep all of really their whole roster intact. They lost a first round pick. That's not meaningless, but they were able to keep a roster that they really liked intact. And now look at them, you know, even, even losing Tavares in free agency, they're still competitive. They're still up and coming. Uh, They've got some, they've got some good guys on the way in terms of prospects. So they're still in a really good position, even though that happened, even though they lost Tavares in free agency. And part of that was because, they protected their whole roster. Right. You know, the first round pick was more valuable to Vegas than uh, taking any of their guys. So maybe, maybe the abs do that. Maybe they give up their 2021 uh, first round uh, draft pick, which might be, you know, 27th overall or something mm-hmm. uh, in exchange for saying, Hey, we'll, we'll give you our, we'll give you our AHL goaltender from last year. You know, right. don't, don't touch our roster. We'll give you this guy that's literally a fringe player. You know, we'll give you a Gabriel Bork mm-hmm. type of guy. So those are the only situations in which I would do that. Last question. Do you have a name that you like for them? The Kraken. I think that'd be sick. It'd be fun. I do too. I think it would be fun. And I think that's something the NHL needs to embrace more of. Mm-hmm. Like have a personality, have some fun. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to be the Metropolitans. I did you um, been hear there, done that the other day? I, I, I would be surprised if, if the NHL approves Metropolitans. I, well, they already have a division named that. So I, so, that uh, would be weird. A Seattle reporter asked, you know, what are the odds we get Metropolitans and, and you know, the owner, Oh, well, everything's on the table. And before they went on to the next question, Gary Bettman jumped in and said, I'll say this. We already have a division named the Metropolitan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he said it's been a long time since there was a team in Seattle that played under that name. And he kind of smirked. So read into that what you will. But to me, that was, I'm not, approving, like no. I'm not approving the Seattle Metropolitans because we're not renaming a division. 
yeah that's what yeah that definitely sounds like i did not hear that yeah um but that definitely sounds like he's like no thanks yeah the uh i, I some people have floated the totems i think that would be cool too i don't yeah. know what the hell that is but i think it's cool i, I would imagine you they'd use a, a logo similar to kind of what the seattle thunderbirds use of the whl i mean we've got we've got blue jackets which you know uh, their their story is cool but they aren't like a thing you know um and you've got the wild so right. i'd be down with the totems yeah totems totems or kraken is is my uh that's what i'm hoping for and, and i think it'll probably be a while before we get a name but uh what are we here for on the internet if we're not speculating right <laughs> too true <laughs> let's get out of here aj this uh... we say that after like i refuse to like make an expansion draft list <laughs> well hey it's there's even some things Twitter says no. Let's uh, it, well, yeah. This segment's gone pretty long. Let's go ahead and get out of here for the evening, so we can get this posted, so people can start listening. AJ Avs are back in action tomorrow at the Florida Panthers. Adrian Dater will be out there covering it with his with boots on the ground. So make sure you are following him. Make sure you are following BSN Avalanche to stay completely up to date on everything that's happening. For AJ Hafley, I have been Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. Thank you guys all so much for listening.